fall, some point in the fall, the leadership community at Everyday Church gets together. We get together every month. Um, one of the things that we do is we spend some time praying and processing through what we think God is calling us to for the new year, things that are weighing on us, things that we feel like we're hearing from the Spirit that we want to kind of get in tune with. And um, I really enjoy that gathering because there's lots of cool stuff that comes out of it, lots of ideas, and really feel like God is speaking to us through, um, through that time together. And it helps us figure out kind of what to put our energy into as we're going into um, to a new year. And so that meeting happened back in November, I think, um, and a number of follow-up meetings and conversations and discussions have really helped to shape our priorities for 2018. And you're going to hear a lot more about all of this stuff in the coming weeks and months. But I wanted to just um, to like share a little bit of stuff that we're thinking about and um, in a way to kind of follow on that, things we're excited about for 2018. So if you're new, this a lot of this stuff may be stuff you've never joined in. Some of it you know, some of it you're a part of making that stuff happen. Um, and so I just thought, I'm just gonna go down through some of the things that I know we're doing and thinking about doing for, um, for 2018. So we'll keep doing things that we do when we gather together here at the school, teaching and worship. Uh, we do playground picnics when the weather's nice and picnics in the park and community service kind of things and ways of giving back to our community. Uh, the men's Bible study and prayer and whiskey, which prayer and whiskey I think is happening this week. Um, I'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, so prayer and whiskey happening. What's Tuesday, yep. Um, so men's group, prayer and whiskey, the ladies group that gathers on Tuesday nights, um, the Tuesday lunch break that happens during the day, so everybody can skip skip work on uh, on purpose. Um, gather together once a month to have lunch together. So those groups will keep happening. Um, we're um, young life and clubs and camps and other student sort of things that we uh, have going on keep on happening. Lots of good stuff going on there. I'm sure we'll have some more financial peace university and emotionally healthy skills, emotionally healthy relationship stuff. That little exercise we did about worried and anxious and, uh, and excited as a little piece of one of the emotionally healthy skills of processing and learning how to connect with the emotions and the things going on inside of us. So I'm sure we'll have some more emotionally healthy relationships classes. Um, some things that we're hoping to do, winter is kind of a downer, and so we would love to shove in a couple of activities that we can all get excited about. A couple of years ago, we did um, uh, family climbing at the gym, so we took families and anyone actually who was interested in going. We went to a climbing gym in New Rochelle and spent a day um, climbing and having pizza and having a good time there. So stuff like that will kind of interject into the winter to get us out of our apartments and our normal routine and enjoy some activities um, in the wintertime, we're hoping to, uh, one of the things that can, has come up in a number of our conversations is how rich and important it is for us to have meals together, to enjoy meals together as a family. And so looking for some opportunities to interject ways that we can be having meals together in, um, in apartments around, uh, around the neighborhood. So hopefully get some more of that stuff going. Matt and Kayla are going to be leading, um, it's called Immerse. It's uh, a class that deals with uh, community engagement, what it looks like for us to be in, engaged and involved as a church in the community and to do that in a way that honors God. And so that class we're going to hopefully start in a couple of weeks. Uh, so more information coming up on that. This past spring, a group of leaders here at Everyday Church went through a thing called Multi-Ethnic Church Conversations, which was a really, really awesome study that we did together. We are a multi-ethnic church, so what does it look like for us to grow in our health and our relationships as a multi-ethnic church. So we're hoping to roll that out to more of you guys um, in the coming months. 
So we'd also like to see some new everyday groups besides men's and women's groups going, um, maybe get a group or two started through the course of the year, and then as the weather breaks, get some camping trips and adventure activities and that sort of stuff planned. So lots of stuff that um, is going on and that we're hoping to, um, to add uh, through the course of 2018 for us to get excited about. So you guys can be praying about what God's up to and the way he's going to, um, to use us. One, to connect us with one another and help nurture our relationships, but also the way in which we respond and care for the community around us. So lots of good stuff. Uh, okay, so I mentioned we're starting a new series today that I'm excited about. It's called The Walk. Uh, you may have noticed the hiking gear hang hanging back here. You may have had no clue what that stuff is. That's hiking gear, backpacks, shoes. So um, I was thinking as we were planning the series that I would like bring some gear and like decorate and whatever. And then I thought like that might be a little silly and I wouldn't want you guys to think I was some weird outdoor nature guy. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Well, a couple of days ago, Wendy was like, hey, what do you think about like bringing some backpacking and hiking gear and like using it to kind of set the stage and get us in the spirit? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, that might be a good idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can do that. So Wendy's the weird one. I'm just helping out by facilitating. She had to, of course, keep me from bringing like loads of gear and doing a workshop and teaching on all this sort of stuff. So I'm not going to get into that yet. Maybe through the course of the series, we'll have some uh, outdoor gear fun. Um, but, uh, but Wendy gets to be the goofy one, and I get to stand up here and introduce um, the series. So I'm excited. The Walk, uh, that's the title for the series, which we're going to be um, spending time on through uh, January and February, and I think we're going to have some, um, some fun with it. So last year we started off, uh, if you were around a year ago, we started the year off with a margin series, which uh, was a super practical series about just kind of what it means to engage and have margin in our daily life, particularly keeping space in our daily lives to join God in his mission, to love and to care for and to nurture our community and our neighbors. And it kept coming up throughout the year in different conversations and different things people would talk about. And uh, it was very helpful for thinking about our life and our work and our rest and uh, decision-making uh, through the course of our days and how we prioritize things and all that kind of stuff. So if you missed it, it's on the website. Check it out. It's, uh, it was a really good series, a margin series. But we decided that we wanted to kick this year off very similar. Give us something very practical to get our hands around, to get our minds around. What does it look like in this routine, in the daily life, living our lives in a way that reflect the priorities um, that we see in scripture and the way that Jesus lived and loved and cared for people? So how does following Jesus affect the way we live our daily lives, the way we spend our time, the decisions that we make, how we go about making certain decisions as we, fa as we face uh, things in our life, our priorities, our rhythms of rest, all that kind of stuff we want to, um, to get into through the course of this series. And so often, um, I think the Christian life is, uh, it's often boiled down to or presented as a set of rules or as a code of ethics. Uh, and certainly we find some of that stuff as we dig through scripture and we get to know Jesus and the way he lived his life. Um, but that's not the heart of following God. And it's not actually a very helpful or practical way of understanding or processing through the different things that we face through the course um, of our lives. And it certainly doesn't teach us how a list of do's and don'ts or right and wrong doesn't teach us how to love people well, which is exactly what Jesus called us to do. Uh, and so we're very fortunate in Scripture. Scripture gives us all sorts of different analogies and metaphors 
on what it looks like to live a life following Jesus, what a life of faith is all about, very practical ways of understanding what God is calling us to. And one of the biggest and maybe the most um, common metaphor that we find in Scripture uh, is this idea of walking, this idea of a journey, that we're on a journey, that we're walking through life. Um, that word walk, actually, I, um, if you can do this on BibleGateway.com, just like punch in a word and see how many times it shows up in Scripture. The word walk shows up like way over 200 times in Scripture. The word path, or this idea of a, a way that we go or a path that we follow, uh, over 100 times. And then there's all sorts of other words that reference like our feet. Scripture talks a lot about our feet. It's kind of weird. Um, but the idea that we're following someone or something through the course of our life talks about pits and valleys and traps along the way through the course of life. Straight paths, windy paths, broad paths, narrow paths, bright paths, dark paths, safe paths, dangerous paths. All this stuff about this idea of walking, turning, stumbling, weathering storms, finding shelter when you're out on the path, um, safe places and risky places all kinds of stuff about our walk, our journey through, um, through life. So these days, we, uh, we normally refer to following Jesus as Christianity. We think about Jesus, we think Christianity. But for years after Jesus' life, the term that was used was actually the way. So we are followers of the way. And that was the term or the phrase that was often used. You see it a few different times through the course of Christian scripture, this idea of the way. You and I are followers of the way. Following Jesus is like a journey with Jesus along a certain path, going a certain way in a certain direction. And so we decided to call the series The Walk. Um, I have a t-shirt that I got when I was up in Quebec at a national park up there with a hiker on it. I thought, what a perfect day to wear my hiker t-shirt. <laughs> So, you know, trying to get in the theme, I was, you know, I didn't wear my hiking boots or anything, but um, so the walk. So what does it look like for us to walk through this life, to live this journey? How do we do that God's way and go his direction? So Wendy's brother, Pat, uh, my wife, Wendy, his, uh, her brother, Pat, his wife, Katie and um, Hannah, they are missionaries in Kenya, Africa. Uh, they were here a couple of weeks ago on um, the Christmas weekend, the Christmas service that we had, so some of you got to meet them. But uh, Pat, my brother-in-law, is a photographer and a videographer. Uh, it's his job, a really cool job, to document with video and photography the various things that Christians are doing in, uh, in Kenya, Africa, and around different parts of Africa. So, so many people in Africa suffer from serious poverty, and there's all kinds of health-related issues there great deal of suffering. And God is using his people, his children, to do some really amazing things um, for the poor in, uh, in Kenya, particularly where Pat is. Um, and Pat gets the privilege of documenting all of that kind of stuff, capturing that stuff, and, uh, and then sharing the film and photos um, with others. So one of the ways that they raise funds for the work that's being done there in Nairobi, Kenya, is uh, to take groups of Americans to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. So Mount Kilimanjaro is the highest mountain in Africa. It's 19,000, over 19,000 feet uh, at its peak. And so, uh, so Americans will raise funds to go on this trip, and some of their money goes towards the missions work, and some of the money goes towards paying for their summit attempt at this 19,000-foot mountain. And um, guess who they asked to go on the trip this year to document video and photography on this trip for free? 
My brother-in-law, Pat, gets to go on this trip. For a trip of a lifetime, he gets to go on for free to be the camera guy and the film guy recording everything that's happening on, uh, on this journey. Trip of a lifetime, uh, it's pretty awesome. The thing is, Pat just turned 40 years old this past year. And he, um, he's not in terrible shape, but he's not in the kind of shape you need to be to summit a 19,000-foot mountain. So he's like, okay, this is cool opportunity, but what in the world do I do? My body is not ready for this. I'm not sure uh, that I, ha- I could handle it. So we spent a lot of time over the holidays um, chatting about this trip, this amazing opportunity. It's going to help raise loads of funds for, uh, for the mission work, for community service, for schools and students, all sorts of things that are going on in Kenya. It's a great opportunity to be... Um, involved in, uh, in raising funds and all that kind of stuff. So the more Pat and I chatted about the trip uh, over the holidays while we were together, the more I kept thinking about the series that we're talking about, the walk, and how this stuff relates to the normal sort of journey that we're on. So Pat is setting out on a journey, not a journey that starts in August at the foot of the mountain, but a journey that starts now in his preparation. So he has to put together, we're chatting about the normal routine to get ready ready to summit a mountain like this. And uh, he has to put together and then follow through a pretty um, serious regimen for getting himself ready over the next seven months. So he's got to exercise and follow a certain diet. He has to get all the right gear. He has to learn how to use all that gear. He has to learn how to carry all that gear to the top of this 19,000 foot mountain. He has to get ready for the altitude So being at 19,000 feet, your body just doesn't work the same way. There's not the same amount of oxygen, different things are going on up there, and you have to get your body ready for that. And some people just don't, their body doesn't respond well to that high of altitude. They'll train and get ready, and then they get up there and they get terrible altitude sickness and they can't make it. So he's got work to do to figure out if his body can handle it and start preparing himself for the altitude. He's got a role on the trip, like he's got a job to do while he's walking up this mountain. So he's got to kind of prepare and make a plan and get the gear ready and all that kind of stuff to document uh, everything that's going on as they're climbing that mountain. And the journey doesn't start in August, it starts now. He's got a great deal of work to do. But honestly, the journey to the summit of, uh, of Mount Kilimanjaro is kind of funny. Um, it doesn't actually start right now. It started years ago. I remember the first time um, that I took Pat camping and backpacking when we were in college. He'd never done anything like that. And uh, we went backpacking and he was like, whoa, what's going on? My, I didn't know as much as I do now about that. So it wasn't like a smooth, flawless, amazing experience. It was a little crazy. So, uh, and then I was with my brother and my cousins and we kind of lived on the edge a little bit. So he was like experienced this. We also coupled um, caving. We went spelunking on that trip, which was absolutely nuts. So, you know, this was years ago. He was kind of falling in love with nature and adventure um, for the first time in many, in many ways. Um, it also didn't start recently with a camera. When he was a little boy, I think he was like under 10 years old, there was a family wedding they were going to, and his parents, to keep him busy as a little kid during this wedding, bought him a little camera so that he would have something to occupy himself during this wedding. And so he walked around during this wedding as a little boy taking pictures and whatever. Didn't realize then that that would be a part of his journey for the rest of his life, that he was falling in love in that moment as a little boy with taking pictures of beautiful things, with capturing important moments, and then sharing those with people and with the world around him. So his journey actually began years and years before 
towards this opportunity to climb this mountain and get to the summit of Kilimanjaro. And hopefully the trail to the summit of Kilimanjaro will not be the end of his journey. <laughs> We're hoping that he'll make it back and continue uh, his life and all of that good stuff. Um, so this is just another part of this larger journey that he's on through the course um, of his life. And I wonder, isn't it the same for you and me? That today is just another day in the journey that we're on, the walk that we're on through the course of our life. 2018 is just another year in the course of our lives, in the journey of our lives. Some of us have been walking for a good long time through this life. Um, some of us have been walking for just a little while. Some of us, Isaac, just getting started on his long journey. Some have been following Jesus for years. Some are just new to following Jesus. Some are trying to figure out whether Jesus is even somebody they want to follow and a path that they want to head down. There's one particularly interesting thing that I noticed um, as Pat and I were, uh, were talking about his trip to Kilimanjaro. He kept bringing up this decision that he had to make, whether he was going to go on this journey or not. And it was kind of surprising to me that he was talking this way that they, they asked him, hey, dude, do you want to go on this trip and be our photo guy for this journey? And it was strange to me because I'm thinking, like, there's no decision to make. You can't say no to a free, amazing opportunity like that to summit a mountain. But um, he had a decision to make. His body isn't ready. There's no telling whether he can handle the journey up that mountain, whether he can handle the difficulty of it, whether his body can deal with the altitude, that sort of stuff. It won't be an easy journey. The preparation and the trip itself uh, are going to be really rough and painful, and there's risk involved to summoning a mountain to your health and your safety and the people around you. Uh, he's not just going to wake up in August and be at the summit of this mountain. He's got a decision to make to decide if he's going to go down the path of preparing and then climbing this mountain. Does he say yes? Does he choose the path up the mountain or not? So the same is true for us following Jesus. It doesn't just happen. We don't just wake up one day and, oh, everything's good and we're following Jesus or we've been following Jesus for years. I wish that I could say that following Jesus is easy, that, uh, that it's natural. Just go with your gut, follow your instincts, and you'll be on the right path with Jesus. But it doesn't really work that way. We don't naturally follow Jesus or live our lives the way God um, desires for us to live. We slip into selfish patterns and self-thinking and self-care, these kind of things that we prioritize, we get our priorities kind of mixed up. We don't naturally follow Jesus or live our lives God's way. And the more we dig into scripture and all it has to say about this journey and about this walk, the more we realize that it's risky and it's challenging and it involves sacrifice and living differently than we might naturally live. So the Apostle John um, records Jesus saying this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. On another occasion, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me on this way will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the way. I am the light. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So we each have this choice to make. Are we walking with Jesus? Are we going that way? Are we giving our lives to him and allowing him to lead and direct and guide us through the course of our life and the way we make decisions the way we love, the way we care for others. Uh, we have a decision to make where we follow Jesus and walk his way. 
So the good news is there are things that can help us along the way. It's not easy, but there are things that can really help us along the way, things that we can learn, things that we can do together to help us grow as followers of Jesus. And that's really what we want to spend our time in um, the next couple of months, over January and February through this series, The Walk, answering questions like, are we alone on the walk? Do we have a guide on this journey or not? Uh, are there things that we need to avoid? What about when the when the path gets difficult, or one of the things we talked about was, what about when the, the path gets boring? There are times in life that are just drudgery and difficult. What about that? Where's God? What does it look like to live our lives in a way that honor him, even when it's not easy, even when it's not so exciting? And what about forks in the path? How do we know which way to go when big decisions strike us? Are we allowed to stop? Are we allowed to rest? Are we allowed to have fun along this path and this way? Those are just some of the questions that we want to wrestle with over the next um, couple of months. So last summer, um, my oldest daughter, Emma, uh, graduated from, um, she's sitting back there, so I'm not gonna make eye contact with her so she doesn't, she doesn't feel weird. So Emma graduated from high school last May, and earlier in 2017, Emma and I decided that we were going to take an epic backpacking trip. So she actually wanted, we were talking about this, she was like, I wanna go somewhere like distant wilderness, high mountain, middle of nowhere, epic sort of thing. We're like, okay, um, we can do that to celebrate her, the accomplishment of, uh, of graduating. So this is the kind of thing like disappearing in the mountains. Your phones don't work, you don't have a car, you're not connected, you're just gone off the radar and all of your gear is on your back and you just kind of wander through the mountains. Hopefully you have a plan and you're ready, but uh, just kind of wonder, that's what she was looking for and really a dream trip for, um, for Emma and I. So we started, uh, we started planning where we were going to go, getting maps, figuring out where the weather was going to be good enough that we could get up in the mountains in, um, in the late June. Um, how are we gonna get there? What trails are we gonna take? What gear are we gonna need? All the food and supplies, you got meal planning to do. It's a huge, um, deal to plan a week getaway disconnected from all the sort of um, things that we normally um, have at our fingertips through the course of life. So um, so we did it. We got it all ready. We made the plan and uh, we flew out last June. We landed in Denver, Colorado. We rented a car. We drove up into the mountains. We got to this point where it said we were like, I think it was like 10 miles from our trailhead, but um, it still said we had like an hour and a half to go. We're like 10 miles on the road, what do you mean, an hour and a half. And then we turned onto this dirt road and it was like this crazy middle of nowhere dirt road winding back to these valleys up into this, up to the trailhead where we would join. We were like, oh, this is why it's taking an hour and a half for the last 10 minutes. So we drove, wound up this dirt road way up into the mountains and we got to the trailhead, we parked our car, jumped out of the car, strapped on our boots, um, got our gear on our backs. We had 35 or so pounds each of uh, gear and food and water on our backs, and we headed off on this trail, um, hoping to return in a week or so, <laughs> which we did. We made it back, just in case you wondered. No cliffhanger. So, um, so the trip was was amazing. We headed off. So we get on. The, we get out of the car. We get our backpacks on. We get onto the trail, and uh, and then Emma gets sick. So she ended up having a stomach virus the first couple of days we were on this trail, and it was awful. It was really miserable. Um, about halfway through the trip, I got started getting sick. Happened to be the day that we were going up the highest part of this, um, of the hike up to the, the highest altitude we were going to be at. I got sick when we were up there, and uh, it was not 
pleasant. It was not easy. We faced some pretty serious um, challenges through the course of this journey. We were um, cold at times. We're the highest point we were at was about 12,000 feet elevation in the Rockies, and uh, it was cold in June, um, and so we got cold at times. We also didn't prepare for the sun. Um, the sun shines a little brighter when you're high up, and so we both got kind of cooked. Our ears were pretty crispy on top. From uh, so we had you know some difficulties and some uncomfortable things that we faced, but we uh, we worked together. We took care of each other. We pushed through it. Um, there were long stretches on the trail, and this is one of the things you have to plan for, where there aren't there isn't access to water, and so you have to carry extra water. And uh, there were some occasions where I was carrying a lot of extra water just in case we didn't find another water source for a couple of days. Water is heavy. You don't carry water through the normal course of our lives, but carrying water on your back, water's really heavy. And adds a, it was like an extra 15 pounds or whatever of water that um, we needed to carry at different points in this trip. So, you know, there were some challenges. We each had jobs to do along the way, gathering wood, cooking food, setting up and tearing down our camp, filtering water, um, lots of stuff that you have to do if you want to stay safe and healthy on this, uh, this kind of a trail, this kind of a trip. There were beautiful mountains that we got to see, valleys and rivers and rock formations, uh, amazing views at points for miles and miles with snow-capped mountains around us, wildflowers all over the place. Uh, we got to have campfires almost every night under the beautiful stars. Uh, we had lots of silly moments and lots of important and serious conversations as we were hiking along. Uh, we did two prayer. We decided we wanted a spiritual element to the trip, and so we did two prayer times each day, which was a really cool experience to be in the middle of nowhere, disconnected from the world, and spend time talking to God and praying. That was pretty cool. We, um, we had lots of quiet time. There just aren't many sounds when you get away from humans and away from human creation. Um, just listening and watching the beauty around us was really pretty extraordinary. So uh, all pretty amazing. And then there's, um, there's self-care. So if you haven't been on a trip like this, this is going to sound real weird to you. It is weird. It's weird. So there's self-care when you're on, uh, you're on a trip like this. Um, I have never talked, so Wendy and, or Emma and I laughed a lot about this through the course and then afterwards, I've never talked quite so much about my feet or my digestion. So talking about how peeing is going, how about, we'd both been sick, so it was really important that we were monitoring and paying attention to all this stuff. Like how bowel movements are going, this is stuff you're talking about. Like you think you would never talk about any of that stuff except maybe with your doctor, but when you're on the trail, things suddenly change and there's conversations you need to have to make sure you're taking care of each other and watching out, whatever, um, because it's kind of important to make sure your body is, um, is healthy. There's a lot to be aware of in your body and in the environment um, around you. Blisters, you know, blisters are no fun, but blisters on your feet when you're hiking can wreck your trip. Like every step can be agony for days carrying this stuff. So you have to pay attention to your feet. Make sure, you know, asking each other, how are your feet doing, any hot spots, whatever, you know, weird conversations about feet. So uh, blisters can ruin it. Worn muscles can, um, can put you in really in harm's way. If your muscles get worn, they get fatigued, or things start to happen, um, you can get injured. Things can um, go, go wrong. Urine and bowel movements, as much as we don't like to talk about that stuff, they're like indicators of how your body's doing with food and water, and are you getting dehydrated? Are you getting enough calories to keep your energy up because you have this huge hike ahead of you? All this stuff that you're thinking about and planning 
and all kind of odd, but very present. Um, get dizzy or weak, and you can literally, literally fall off a cliff. <laughs> you're in the mountains, you get dizzy, you get weak, you'll fall off a cliff. It's not good. Dehydration, exhaustion, injury. The nearest hospital is days walk away. Um, if you can walk, if you're so injured that you can't walk, rescue in the wilderness. See, I'm trying to encourage you guys all to go on a wilderness trip right now. <laughs> I can see it in your faces. You're like, please stop. I don't, I don't want to know this stuff. Like rescue in the wilderness is, is a nightmare. You don't want to have to deal with that. So you end up talking about everything. You're monitoring everything that's going on in your body, how your body is feeling, how things are going inside of you, what's happening in the environment around you, what are you facing, what's coming up, what's the next challenge, have you got enough calories, you have enough snacks in your pocket, all this kind of stuff that you're paying attention to. And I've never been so aware of my body and my environment in my life as I am when I'm on a trail um, like that. <clears throat> but that level of awareness is actually one of my favorite things about a trip like that. You're so focused on the trail, you're so focused on what's going on and what's in front of you. Your objectives in the next few hours, are it's very short term. What's the next turn we're looking for? What's the next water source? When are we stopping for our next meal? When do we need a break for snacks? You're just in the moment, so present and aware of everything that's happening your, around you that it's really exhilarating that your days past and your days forward all just kind of drift away and you're just right there present in the walk present in this journey that you're on on the trail it's a level of consciousness and awareness that i think we rarely experience through the course of our normal lives there's no technology nothing connecting you to this giant world that's bigger than we can even imagine you're just there on the trail emma and i enjoying our time one foot in front of the other so i am uh, I'm reading this book on Celtic Christian blessings that Wendy got me for, um, for Christmas. Uh, it's called To Bless the Space Between Us. And there was a quote in this book that, uh, that was really cool. Um, the author said this, to live a conscious life, we need to constantly refine our listening. To live a life where you're, con where you're conscious, where you're completely present, you're completely aware, to live that way we need to constantly refine our listening, how we're listening to our bodies and the world around us and what's going on. It's dangerous um, to not be fully present when you're on a mountain. To survive, but more importantly, to enjoy the journey, it's important to be present. You want to be aware and present and conscious of everything that's going on in your body and everything that's going on in the world around you. Listening closely, in tune with what's going on right now, where you are, in the world around you, in your place, in your body, in your spirit, in your emotions, and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't know about you, but, um, but I don't just want to be present and aware when I'm in the mountains far away, because I don't get to spend all my time there. I don't want to wait until those moments where I'm separate from the world to be present, to be fully conscious in this life. I want to live that way every day. When I'm with you, when I'm with Wendy, or with my daughters, when we're spending time together, I want to be fully present. I want to be conscious. Who wants to live an unconscious life? We want to live fully conscious lives, listening and refining our listening to ourselves and to our hearts and to the spirit and to what's going on around us. And so that is my hope for, uh, for all of us through the course of this series, The Walk.
that we start this year, 2018, refining our listening, paying attention to what the Spirit is doing, paying attention to what God is trying to say to us, what our hearts are trying to say to us through the course of our days. So uh, in preparation for this message and in an effort to, um, to introduce today this idea of the walk and the series that we're going through, I read literally hundreds of verses on, the, on walking. Any, you know, any passages I could find that mentioned walk or path or journey or any of this kind of stuff. And I, I really I read through hundreds. And there's a lot of really cool passages in scripture that talk about this stuff. And I thought, well, I want to try to weave all those in, but I couldn't do that today. So, um, so I was like, I could stand up here and just read down through a bunch of them at the end. But then I thought, I'm reading this book called about Celtic blessings. So why don't I try this out? And so what I did is I kind of took the different passages, a number of the different passages that I was reading, and I tried to turn them into a blessing, um, which I want to read for you um, in just a moment. There's actually copies of this on the communion table in the back, so when you're leaving, you can take that with you in English and in Spanish. Um, so I just want to read and leave you guys um, with this blessing that we're going to revisit through the course um, of this series, but I want to read this for you right now as we, um, as we wrap things up. <clears throat> May you walk in the light and in love, walking with Jesus, walking by the Spirit. May you walk humbly with God, acting justly, loving mercy. May the message of Jesus dwell richly within you, a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. May you live without fear, for surely you'll pass through the darkest, darkest valleys, and surely God is with you. May you walk faithfully with your God, as did Abraham and Isaac, as did Moses and David. May you walk in obedience with integrity of heart on the way of holiness. May you walk with wholehearted devotion to God on paths of justice in the ways of the righteous. May you trust in Yahweh with all your heart not leaning on your own understanding. May you submit to him in all your ways, for surely he will straighten the path before you. May God, our Father, guide our feet in the path of peace. So welcome to the walk, friends. Um, let me pray for us. <clears throat> Lord, um, I'm, I'm very thankful for um, how incredibly practical uh, we find scripture to be at times. Um, there's a lot of confusing stuff that we sort through in understanding who you are as a God that's so far beyond us. But, um, but you've gone to such great lengths to help us get to know you and to speak to us in really practical ways through scripture. And I, I'm really thankful for the passages that we're going to be looking at and the ideas that we're going to be wrestling with over the next couple of months about this journey and about the walk and what this way is like. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would be present with us as we're learning, that you would speak to us, that you would be alive in our discussions and our conversations and the teaching that's happening as each of us are uh, reading scripture and asking questions and wrestling, that you would be present in all of that, that you would help us understand what it looks like for us to follow you, that you would teach us to love um, ourselves and to love one another well, to love our neighbors, the way that we love you and the way that you love us. I pray that um, you would encourage us through this series, that you would um, teach us the things that you want us to know, show us the way you want us to go. Uh, we thank you for Jesus, for his life, for the way he loved, the way he lived, for the path that he walked, and um, 
that we have the opportunity to know him and to travel with him through this life. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.